Gilbert, it's time for Gumpas on the LA ba 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 it feels like it's a little spin the wheel thing at the end. But before we uh, get into that, don't forget Gumpas on the beat. Uh, LA beat is all about us talking Chargers, Rams, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But before we get into that, don't forget we have a website. We have one website. No, we got two websites. Two websites. Gumpas on the beat.com. Obviously, you'll see everything there uh, from House of Horns, from What's Up Bolts, what? from the regular Gumpas on the Beat, what? from uh, Combat Gumpas. What? You'll get it all there. And then also, you you like my hat? Oh, I know you like this hat. I know you like the sweatshirt that uh, Victor Producer wears. I know you like the shirt that Dan and Diego wears. I know you like the hoodie that Gilbert wears. Go find it all at GumpasOnTheBeatMerch.com. We got it all there. Don't forget to check the link in the bio below to go to all those websites. Check it all out. We appreciate you guys so much for uh, for that. But Gilbert, it is time, like I said, for Gumpas on the LA. Blah, 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 blah. Brandon Staley uh, was at the owners' meetings talking, donning a little, a little 5 o'clock shadow. A little five o'clock shout, maybe it was six o'clock. But uh, he spoke about Austin Eckler, Gilbert. Uh, he gave us an update. Can you give us the update that he gave to everybody else? Yeah, I think Brandon said he started growing the beard at the combine or after Austin Eckler. Uh, he's he's had the beard, you know, for a bit. Or, okay. You want to call it a beard or not? You want to review uh, the beard? Chocomil? His, I'll say that his beard is better than mine. I've tried growing a beard and it's very patchy. His has less holes than mine. So, I uh, remember, you know what? I was scrolling through my phone. I saw your COVID mustache the other day. <laughs> oh, that thing was a thing of beauty. I could grow a mustache. I just can't, for some reason, I can't do the beard. But uh, <laughs> Brandon Staley is convinced he could do it. Or Fernando, good, good segue here, by the way. He's been growing it since Austin Eckler made a request to be traded because so far, no trade, no trade. Where's Austin Eckler? Where is he going? Uh, where, 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 who? And the more I listen to Brandon Staley talk, and the more this thing is going on and lingering, I think he might come back. Reunion, uh, for Austin Eckler and the Chargers, and it's a weird position. We spoke about this a couple weeks ago, Fernando, that Austin Eckler does not have a lot of value on the trade market, but he has a lot of value for the Chargers. Like if you lose Austin Eckler for the Chargers, you're taking a big hit offensively. Yeah, he's not the the you know the durable workhorse workhorse back. Uh, one, two, three, uh, in terms of the yards or, or, or the carries there. Um, they can't, you know, figure that part out, out but he's still a dual threat in receiving. Uh, even a good blocker, too, Fernando, because I know they, they don't, he's not the biggest guy, but he can still do that. So he's very versatile. He offers a lot for the Chargers. And if you give up Boston Eckler for, what, a fourth-rounder, maybe, but more like a fifth-rounder, sixth-rounder, what's the point of all this? So Brandon Staley is saying, hey, we love Boston Eckler. We respect what he's doing. Maybe it's a way for the Chargers to say, hey, Go figure out the, the market for you. Because if you don't get a higher pick than a fourth rounder, we're not trading you, man. Get over it and come back. And now it's a way for Brandon State to repair what's going on. Not just that, Gilbert. If you're able to, to get a safety, uh, a good safety, now that Nazir Adderley has retired, if you can get a John Johnson, somebody like that, you kind of don't have any glaring needs. Go like, you don't have a pressing need going into the draft. You could basically pick and choose whatever you need in the draft. And if Austin Eckler leaves, glaring need right there. You need a running back. Why? Uh, the guys that you've had before, Isaiah Spiller, the uh, Larry Roundtree, uh, Joshua Kelly, they haven't worked out yet. So uh, you're going to have a glaring need there. If you can keep Austin Eckler, you kind of go into the draft knowing exactly what you need to do. You could pick basically anybody that you want. 
And, uh, and and that's the thing about the Chargers is that I think they like Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is obviously a leader. We've seen him, Gilbert, when they have community events. Uh, he's donated uh, weight room sets to, to numerous uh, uh, high schools that are in need. He's done a lot of good stuff in the community. Obviously, the Chargers want to keep somebody like that. They value the, the guys that are willing to go to any community event. Uh, donate their time, stuff like that. You've you've seen other teammates come out and talk about them. So clearly, they all love Austin Eckler. They want Austin Eckler back on this team. Now it's and and I think actually this might be a good thing for the Chargers. Have him go out and search and look for his value. You saw it, Gilbert. Miles Sanders was probably the best running back to hit free agency, and he got basically only a little bit less than Austin Eckler did a year. So did you, did it's, you see it's how, his interview with Chris Long saying how how like devalue his. I'm like, well, yeah, man, like it's a running back position, and then you see Miles Sanders, you're not gonna get more than that. <laughs> did you hear the the? Did you hear though? There was one clear thing that he said. I'm making half of what I deserve, so he thinks he should be around twelve million dollars, almost thirteen, Gilbert. And I just don't see Gilbert. We've talked about this. Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook are two of the highest paid running backs and they're asking them to take pay cuts. Yeah. I was trying to give Eckler the benefit of the doubt when I wrote my story about a uh, trading spots. I'm like, this guy knows that like, he can't get that much money. Cause he saw Melvin Gordon mess it up. And now he's saying that at half, like, I don't think he's going to get 12 million, not even close that. I-, I will say maybe, you know, eight, eight, if, if you're lucky. And it's only like going to be like a one-year contract, maybe two. And Fernando, I forget, but I think this contract that Melvin Gordon got from the Broncos was, what, what, two years, 16 million. Yep. Uh, it was, so uh, isn't that kind of a little ironic? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's literally like basically like it's like, getting worse with the running yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. And it's like because Melvin was offered what uh, a two year 20, two year 22. I think Something, it was 16, like that. That's what I'm saying. Eight millions per, per year. Let me look at it while you uh, make your point. Because I, I remember Melvin, I mean, Melvin took a significant loss with that contract. I think it was about like he did lose about eight million dollars with that contract. So definitely um austin needs to play it smart he knows the team he knows the system it's gonna get a little bit rough if he goes over to uh if he tries to uh to go over and and go somewhere else because it's it's a different system everywhere the only place i could see him like you said a couple of weeks ago was back with anthony Lynn and the 49ers i think that'd be a really but i mean obviously they've already traded for christian mccaffrey they have some other running backs but what'd you find yeah uh fernando we gotta move on but uh it was two years, uh, $16 million for Melvin Gordon. So that's $8 million a year. So that's when the market was higher. Uh, yeah. So he's hurting. And Fernando, let, let me get one more thing here before we get to the Rams. And then we're going to have a surprise uh, here for Combos in the LA beat. And Bubba beat. I don't want to yeah, forget the draft just yet. So I want to spotlight somebody. I want to get your quick thoughts because I've been doing a lot of mock drafts for the Chargers because they have a first-round pick. The Rams don't have a first-round pick. So we'll get to the Rams eventually in terms of the draft spotlight. How about you name the spotlight there? Uh, Zay Flowers, Boston College. Remember the, the school, Boston College. Boston College, Zay Flowers, wide receiver, speedy wide receiver has been mocked to a lot of uh, in mock drafts to the Chargers. Real quick, Fernando, do you like it? Seeing that name a lot? He Zay just Flowers. ran by He just ran by me, Gilbert. <laughs> he just ran by me. Oh, my God, that guy's fast. No, uh, definitely uh, – I, I was so uh, the other day I had to do something for the Sporting Tribune where I took three receivers that the charge could potentially take. He was my number one. I really do think the kid's fast. He has everything that the that the Chargers want that they need. Uh, if you make if you make, mix them in with Joshua Palmer, with Keenan Allen, and with uh, Mike Williams, 
there might not there might be he might he might be the one that gets you over a thousand yards uh just because of how fast he is he can pull away from corners safeties can't cover him so i'm def i definitely think zay flowers has to be one of their top targets uh when the uh when the draft comes just because i feel like he's the purest speed guy that uh is coming out and like we said there's no jamar chase there's no must get top five uh wide receiver in this draft it feels like those guys are going to start going right around the 18 to 21 mark where the chargers are so uh zay flower i think is a name to look at and they drafted a guy from boston college last year in zion johnson so but we'll get into a little zion in a little bit yeah uh gilbert the rams uh there's been it's it's man it's still been quiet. Uh, obviously Ramsey uh, COO Kevin Demoff sent a letter to fans of saying, "Hey, yeah, we're selling guys. Yeah, we're getting rid of some guys. Yeah, we're relieving cap, but we're gonna still be competitive. We're gonna <laughs> go out there. We're gonna fight in front of the millions." But uh, but definitely, uh, Gilbert, what were your thoughts on the letter that? Uh, De- Isn't it weird that you kind of have to send a letter out saying, "Hey, we're yeah. gonna be competitive." Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it was uh, maybe Kevin read my story in uh, SI where I, I say uh, teams that need the most work to even contend for a playoff spot. And I had the Rams earlier. Like the Rams have a good core, like we mentioned last year. You know, Stafford, Cup, Donald, wow, even wow. McVay being back is a big part of it. But I'm like, all right, these this this team tends to compete, but they have a whole lot of work. Maybe Kevin wrote, you know what, you Gilberto Manzano, you don't know what you're talking about. There's not that much work to do here. Uh, but the way you sold it, Fernando, was pretty much what I was thinking. Like. Yeah, you're, you're doing a fire sale, salary cap space. Uh, you're building for the future, but being competitive. That was like the last thing he mentioned. That's the way I felt. Like I said, hey, you know, and also too, friend, I think it's a whole, and Victor has mentioned this before, like the whole dynamic of playing in Los Angeles. Like if, if you stink, people will not buy tickets. And you got to sell season tickets right now, right? And when yeah. you went for five, you went five and 12 a year ago, and you had the the worst, the, the most awful offense in the world i've covered nfl for what seven eight nine years now whatever it's the worst offense i've ever covered it put me to sleep so uh you can't put people in la to sleep and i think that letter was like hey you know what i believe in this rams group kevin demoff thank you for the letter but when you sell at least donald cooper cup stafford and mcveigh you, you could you could drink the coolie a little bit right i mean i guess you can i mean uh one positive i guess out of this uh a little bit of some news was uh, Matthew Stafford and his wife uh, bought into uh, a little piece of Angel City FC. So that was a, a pretty positive uh, a thing. Obviously, that's a women's soccer team. Uh, good to see you there, Gilbert. And lastly, Bobby Wagner heads back to Seattle. Were you surprised by the contract? One year, $7 million? I, I thought he might have commanded maybe a, a wee bit more. Not really because of his age and then what the line, like the linebackers who were younger than him got less than that too. So yeah. uh Inside linebackers are not getting paid. And then one year felt about right. And him going back to Seattle was definitely right. Like when he was released, uh, I was thinking, okay, Seattle needs like the, the ironic part about the Seahawks uh, being such a, a a trendy team, a wild card team on the rise. Uh, their defense was great with all, with the with the cornerbacks, but they needed a linebacker. And Bobby Wagner was gone. Like imagine Bobby Wagner with this defense. It would be so much better. Now they're going to make it happen. Uh, I think he still has le- le- a lot left in the tank. So and then covering that game in Seattle, that final game of the regular season, uh, Geno Smith going out with Baker Mayfield. I think yeah, it went overtime, right? It went overtime that game. Uh, people love Bobby Wagner in Seattle, so it just feels yeah. right. What do you mean add you to the show? No, this is Gilbert and I. No, no, I'm not going to add you to the No, no, I am not. Uh- <laughs> 
didn't see you there, pal. Don't mind me. I was just reading my little – look at this, what I got right here. Little game planning with the 49er. Shout out to Coach Torres for letting me borrow that. Wow. Gilberto, you can't escape me. I am your Freddy Krueger. I am in all your dreams. I am when you. I am here when you are awake. I am in your mind when you go to sleep. You cannot escape me. Right now, you probably think you're in a nightmare. But no, you're not. You're in the best dream you could possibly have with your boy Dan and Dago. He just you know attacked me to get on the show. This is Gilbert and I segment. Yeah, and he came in. He attacked. That's what me, I'm thinking. And he put him. He hit the music himself, just like Seth Rollins did last week. What well, can I tell you? I'm like speaking of Seth Rollins. Shout out to the most legendary Money in the Bank cash in WrestleMania. I can't remember the number with Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, and this fool comes screaming down that two mile ramp or whatever. That's yeah. where I am right now. Mm-hmm. I'm that here. was that was, actually, that was bank, actually in San Francisco uh, or Santa Clara to be exact. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Shout yeah. out! It was at yeah. Levi's Stadium. And real yeah, quick, right. uh, Dan, I'm actually surprised that you know how to read. But then that book has a lot of pictures of just active and old. And <laughs> oh you're really? Good to go. Oh but, really? But why? Oh, why look at him my high IQ books over here. <laughs> well, why, why is it here? Why is it here, Fernando? So the reason why I think he came in is because he heard me say the word Zion Johnson, and uh, there was a tweet out a little bit ago. I can't remember who tweeted it out, but Tom Telesco just spoke to the media a little while ago. And at the uh, better late than ever, I guess uh, he spoke to the media <laughs> and uh, he spoke about how their plan is right now to move Zion Johnson, a left guard where he played in co- mostly in college and move uh, Jamar uh, Jamari Sawyer to right guard next to Trey Pipkins. So obviously that trio of uh, Zion Johnson, Corey Lindsay and Jamari Sawyer could be a very scary trio within the inside. But, Dan, when you do something like that, when you move two guys like that, I mean, obviously you want the continuity and everything, but is it a little dangerous to move uh, to move two guys? Uh, obviously you're going to convert uh, Jamari to from left tackle to right guard. Yeah. But yeah. is uh, what? speak of that first. What's that transition like for him going from left tackle to right guard? Going from tackle to guard, I was talking about this a little bit earlier. I think I've said it on other shows, but it's a little bit – it's it's not difficult if you're sound in your technique and you have the right mindset, right? As a tackle, I am like a boxer. I'm like Muhammad Ali out here. You know, if depending on where the end lines up, I can take my time. I don't have to initiate contact. I don't have to look for it. I, as the tackle, wait to pick my right spot to engage the defender and everything else to make sure. Because remember, right? Even at, at the tackle position, you could take five, you could take three to five steps backwards, essentially in your kick step, and all the quarterback has to do is step up if you have the right amount of leverage, and, and he's not going to get the sack or anything like that. Now, going from there to tackle, you have to be like, gosh dang, Iron Mike Tyson. You have got to get in there, be physical and everything else. And really, there is no space really for you to move. Like For, for guards, I always try and tell them, the most you want to take is two to three kick steps. You do not want to move back because, number one, I'm going to be pissed if they put you in the quarterback's lap. Number two, I better not see no gosh dang uh, quarterback hitting his hand on his helmet because that essentially pisses me off also because it's inexcusable. Like You have to stand your ground a lot more. So essentially the physicality from one to the other is a lot different because also think about this, right? At the tackle position – I don't know. I don't think Sawyer was undersized or anything like that, kind of like Slater. But even say, for instance, Slater, right? He's going up against thinner edge rushers, like it or not. For the most part, they're pretty thin. They're a lot smaller than those D-tackles. 
Now you move Sawyer inside, and he's going to get 300-pounders in there, a lot of man, and it's not the same thing. It's completely different, especially in the run game, right? It's a lot different because these guys are absolutely physical. They are paid to beat you up and just eat up blocks. So that's the only thing that's a little bit different right there. It's really just mentality because, like, if you have the – the you know, it's like a, spear, a pyramid, right? If you have the freaking uh, – technique at the bottom your your foundation your then you can build up from there and change positions and everything else same with um uh zion johnson you know it's good that he already has familiarity with the left guard position because sometimes when you move a guy from right to left or things like that they get too much in their head they're like well i've lined up in a right-handed stance my whole life now i have to change to a left-handed stance then i get the oh coach coach i don't know if i can do it coach and I'm like, shut the hell up. Just change your feet and it's going to be the same thing, right? <laughs> There's no difference. There's really no difference. The only thing is a little bit, your steps change a little bit. But the leverage and all that stuff's the same. You still want to get under the shoulder pads of your defender. And you still want to be patient for tackles. You still want to be patient in the pass pro. And you have to be gosh dang physical uh, at the guard position in the pass pro and the run game. So well, really that's the only difference. It's a little bit different in that sense. But it's well, not. Like you should be able to do it. You're a pro. Well, well now the the maybe the grand question or the better question, Dan, because thank you for for teaching me. I guess you do know how to read. You know, you, you know how to teach people. I'm telling and, you, I got and, something. You know I don't what do you're kids all day, guy. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. So now the grand the grand question is maybe you can't really tell just by one guy playing left tackle for most of the season as a rookie, but do you feel comfortable, okay, with these switches, uh, Zion to left guard? Uh, so you're playing a right guard because that's not that's just that's a whole side too not just a different position left to right yeah. uh that all matters do you feel comfortable do you think that the charge could pull this off and, and and on paper it looks like a really good offensive line for five yeah you know i think it all comes down to this right how are these guys going to get coached up because obviously you can pull it off with a lot of different things we saw anthony lynn go out with bad boys up front and they went 12 and four you know it was it, definitely very interesting thing to watch now this year you have to um i i don't know his history so i don't know if he's ever played guard before but you have to make sure number one this is the first thing i'm doing i'm saying hey uh saw your your best friend's going to be Corey lindsley your locker's right next to his right next to him and zion and that's where they're going to be all summer all otas all whatever the hell it's called not spring ball but no OTAs. What's the one in? Uh, well, there's spring, and then it goes into OTAs. Well, and whatever, whatever. They're practicing mini camp. What mini camp? O camp? Full camp? Whatever it's called. All their practices. Those are the three people I'm having together in their lockers because he has to now shift his mentality. Like I talked about earlier, where it's like, hey, dude, you've got to stay in your ground and you got to punch these guys because number one, the thing about Chris Jones, you're going to see two times a year. He likes to line up on the on the offense's right side. And he know he has speed and power. And what Gilbert's you can't boy from do, the Broncos, Zach Allen, exactly. And what you can't do with these guys is, you know, number one, be flat-footed. Number two, you know, the Raiders have, have no Jerry run. Tillery. Oh please, <laughs> don't make me laugh. That's the game he circles because I'm gonna get paid off of this one. He knows he's gonna get paid off of that game. But uh, like I was saying, you can't you can't be flat-footed where you're not kicking and you're slow. To react against these guys. The other thing you can't do. Oh my bad. Did you want to say? No, something? no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, finish off. The other thing you can't do is you can't guess. That's what I can't stand when people guess. Like the thing about offensive line in the pass game, you have the advantage because you know what the play is. The guy has to react to your either pass set or run set. And when you do your pass set, you know as a guard, like I said, you have two steps essentially. You don't have to strike until you're comfortable with the distance and it's within your arm and you bench press right. But some guys, for whatever reason, stand straight up, reach out, and then obviously, you know, 
the guy, uh, the defensive lineman will club and rip or do whatever he wants to get around him. The but, last thing you can't do also, my bad for Allen. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. The last thing you cannot do also, because these guys are powerful. They know how to get under shoulder pads and everything else. You cannot lose your leverage on these guys and uh, let them put you on skates and put you right in the quarterback's lap. Uh, by the way, real quick, before we head out of here, I do have video of Dan uh, showing a guy how to uh, how to block. Here we go. Let's go to it right now. Or Oh, there you go. Here, sir. <laughs> hold him. Hold him inside here between the tits. You got it? <laughs> well, you look at me, son. If you grab him outside here like this or that horse collar thing you just did, he's going to get flagged and I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Dude, you're getting so good at these. God. <laughs> we we appreciate Dan and Dago for jumping on with us and teaching us Wait, a little thing. You, you don't want to have on real quick for what, what I'm going to have? I just want to have his, his opinion. Like, just just keep it short, uh, Dan. All right, go ahead. Let, let me uh, what I've been noticing because what what do you call him, uh, Dan? The the blue. The voted. Oh no, not that. The, the god blue, of lightning. No, no. <laughs> the blue, the blue check mark. Uh, oh, the blue check mark brigade. Yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. Who, no, that might be over by yeah, on April first. I won't be a blue a blue check mark after April first. By Neither the way, will I. I. Mean, anything to me. That. Now that they can buy it, what does it yeah. mean? Nothing. Yeah, I know. It doesn't mean nothing. Yeah, it's, exactly. I, was, I get a bunch of randos. And I always have to check on their profile if they're verified or subscribed or okay. whatever. All right. Well, I guess these people are not really randos. But one thing I've been noticing, Dan and Fernando, now that everybody's already assuming Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the AFC with the New York Jets, people are doing rankings like we like to do. And I saw people on NFL Network, people on ESPN doing, okay, your top five AFC quarterbacks. And it's a very deep uh, deep uh, quarterback position in the AFC because you're going from one star who's already in a weak NFC quarterback-wise to a really loaded AFC and people were being asked, name your top five. And from like, I'm going to say from like 12 people that I noticed, maybe two people had Justin Herbert in the top five. Yeah. Cause they're stooges. <laughs> so it got me thinking real quick to end the show uh, and, and give me your list and then very quick your analysis. But this trend here with Justin Herbert, not being a top five, I want to just say real quick, I think it's the whole stigma where he didn't win the playoff game. 27-0, he lost. So all these people who probably just care more about the, the playoff wins and the whole body of work are forgetting Justin Herbert. So that's something you have to deal with, Chargers fans. You're watching the show. Uh, that playoff loss is going to be lingering because now you got guys like Trevor Lawrence are passing them. So uh, let's start with you, Fernando. Who are your top five quarterbacks? And then throw in what you want about Justin Herbert. Okay, I'm going to go uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Joe Burrow. I'll go Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and I'm missing one. Where, who's another? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Ah, no, you know what? My bad. Let me go back. Uh, I'm going to go Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I'll go uh, I'll go Joe, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. Whoa, Trevor Lawrence number three? Hey, you beat Justin Herbert twice last year. Get I know out the, of first here. Time, the first time it was with broken ribs, but the second time okay. it was with uh, uh, it, it was here. in the playoff game. So surrounded by stooges. Okay, uh, then <laughs> I'll, you, you go last, and I'll go with mine. You said you had a Herbert fourth, right? Yeah. Okay, mine is uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Uh, Joe Burrow number two. The pom poms. Josh Allen is it's tough there, but I I I feel like when he's on, he's really good. So Josh Allen number three, Justin Herbert number four. Number five, Aaron Rodgers. And let me tell you why I don't have Lamar Jackson. I can you, tell you. He hasn't finished the season. 
two years in a row. Injuries are very concerning. I haven't seen him play at an all-time level, or not all-time, but MVP level in a few years. It's been 2019 is a long time ago, guys. So I'm kind of starting to forget about Lamar Jackson. And he, he might leave to the NFC. Who knows? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, maybe. I like what he did, but remember, that was a really rocky uh, rookie year. And even the first half of the season was kind of so-so. So I, I think it's too soon for me to get into Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that sounded weird. Uh, but And then uh, <laughs> uh, Justin Herbert, uh, I think that whole stigma with the playoff thing, is it's going to hurt him. But in terms of winning big-time games, I've seen him do it, play at his best. So I'll keep on number four. And I think Rogers is a little older, but. I think I think Josh Allen should get knocked a lot harder for his play. Obviously, against the Bengals, that guy's choked. Rogers is choked. It's not only I don't know where this hate is coming from, but he won the one before that, and Herbert has zero. That's the thing. Uh, But anyways, Dan, your floor is yours. Give us your and and he barely got past the Miami fourth string quarterback the week before that. So Josh Allen has me, but my bad. Dan, go ahead. My bad. Sorry. Exactly. I just want to address the stigma against Justin Herbert, which I think is ridiculous. Everybody, real quick, I'm not even going to do my rankings. This is the only thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about my boy, Justin freaking son of a. You just want to say Patrick Mahomes number one. That's what you want. I would never put him number one. (laughs) You know who I'm putting. Fine. You want me to do it? Fine. I'll do it right now. Justin Herbert is the number one quarterback in the AFC, AFC, and I will tell you why. Because everybody forgets. Everybody forgets. Look at your list right there. Justin Herbert has had two different head coaches in his short career, three different offensive coordinators, different linemen lining up up front. What has Joe Burrow, what has uh, your beloved Patrick Mahomes, what has your beloved Josh Allen had? All three of those guys, same head coach, especially (laughs) your boy freaking uh, came into the world. He lost Tyreek this year. It's my time. (laughs) <laughs> your boy, your boy uh, came into a winning situation, Hall of Fame winning head coach. The guy knows how to work to everybody's strengths and the weaknesses of the defense. You saw that in the Super Bowl. They had receivers who you've never even heard of half the time. Who That's because they made the offensive line. Excuse me. Excuse me. I reclaim right, my got The last 30 seconds and we got to get out of here. Go ahead. All right. All right. That's all I'm saying. I think everybody doesn't understand how many handy – in my mind, he put up top five numbers. I think he finished probably top two. I'm not even sure. This season, with broken ribs, missing his two receivers more than half the season, he had a bunch of special teamers out there running rounds. I and think who's his offensive coordinator? Uh, exactly. Don't, need I say more? Mr. Joe Lombardi over here? Where's granddad? You need to go read his book or something to figure right, wrap it, it out. Up and the we appreciate you guys for checking out another episode of compass on the la don't forget to check out compass on the beat merch and compass on the beat.com to check out uh what dan and diggo is wearing what i'm wearing what Alberto usually is wearing uh thank you guys so much have a great evening